With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of We Got Next here on MMAFighting.com, the very first edition of the show in 2022. Thanks for having us on. I am Mike Heck. Hope you're all having a great start to this new year, and we have quite the show for you this week. We have two great interviews. We also have two great interviews for next week as well, which I will let you know about at the end of the program, but... I'm going to make this this open very short because my eight-year-old son decided to have a friend over today after school, which is great, but they decided, you know what, we're not going to actually converse like normal people. We're just going to scream at each other back and forth, different sides of the house. So I'm just going to record this very quickly <laughs> and then we'll, we'll get to the conversations, but it's just been a, a wild day since my kid went back to school. We're recording this on Wednesday, so let's get to this. Later on, we're going to talk to Brandon Royval. He is getting ready to return to the Octagon next Saturday, January 15th, the promotion's first card of 2022. He's taking on Rogerio Bontarine. What a start he had to his UFC career. Jumps in to face Tim Elliott on super short notice back in May of 2020. Wins via submission and just an absolutely bananas fight. Then four months later, he fights Kai Kara France at UFC 253 on Fight Island. That was the card headlined by Israel Adesanya and Paulo Costa. Another insane, wild, crazy fight. And submits Kai Kara France in the second round of that fight. Two months later, he's back again. And he fights Brandon Moreno at UFC 255, which turned out to be a fight that had he won, he probably would have fought Davison Figueredo 
for the UFC flyweight title the next month. Unfortunately, he did not win that fight. Brandon Moreno won that fight. He became the champion. Came back, had some surgery, returned in August of last year, and was submitted by Alexander Pantoja. So, very unfamiliar territory for Brandon Royval, entering a fight on not just a loss, but a losing streak. This is the first time this has ever happened in his career, and the different sort of psychological and mental approach to this fight is really fascinating. And I feel like conversations with Brandon Royval when it comes to the actual psychology of being a professional fighter, it comes out in big ways. It's almost like he just, we get on this little trend and he just, I don't know, just kind of like empties the vault, empties his soul when it comes to like the psychology of being a fighter. It's really fascinating stuff. You'll hear that conversation coming up in just a little bit. But speaking of fascinating, Cheyenne Velizmus, what a year she had in 2021. It is a new year. She has a lot of momentum right now. She lost her Octagon debut. She won her last two fights after earning a contract on Dana White's Contender Series. There's a lot of hype around her. Obviously, there's some... There's the name change. A lot of questions about that. that. I mean, it's nobody's business, really. But it's just... This conversation is really interesting because... I was happy that she ended the year the way that she did, but I feel really bad for her and you're going to hear why, because there are a lot of unanswered questions here. And I've, I honestly, when this is over, I just kind of sat and thought to myself, like, man, imagine going through what she's going through. And we don't even really know exactly what she's going through. So it's, it's just crazy. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, you will hear that conversation in its entirety. It's about 20 minutes with Cheyenne Velismus from a location that is unknown. And it's it's just really interesting. So you'll hear that conversation coming up next on We Got Next. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. 
Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Let us say hello to Cheyenne Belismus, one of the exciting prospects in the UFC strawweight division. Ended 2021 with back-to-back wins, including a dominant unanimous decision win over Mallory Martin at UFC Vegas 44 in December. Cheyenne, Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year to you and uh, Merry Christmas. A little late, but I'm doing good. Thank you. Uh, So when we were chatting yesterday, you were telling me you were out of the country. So I'm, I'm curious, where are you at right now? Where are you beginning this new year? So uh, no one knows where I'm at. I'm actually keeping it that way. Um, a lot of things happened before my fight and even after my fight. And I decided, you know, what's what's best than to just escape, you know? And uh, I've been gone now for two weeks and I love it. I'm, I'm overseas and I'm just living my life. Mystery location. I dig it. What a way yeah. to start off the year. And you sort of you sort of touched on it because 2021 was a roller coaster for you to say the least. And yeah. I think that's fair to say from what you experienced in the octagon, out of the octagon, some raw motion showed when you got that performance of the night bonus, when you got the finish in July. Can you even put 2021 into words? Because when people talk about growing as fighters and as people, I feel like you grew about as much as anybody in the fight game. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, only thing I hated was uh, the first time you guys saw me in 2021 for my my debut was uh, March 20th, um, which that was a terrible camp as, well, it was a great camp, but got injured right before the fight, 10 days out, got very badly injured, needed surgery, took the fight still, had a quick opponent change, got embarrassed in my debut. You know, I couldn't do anything got the surgery, got back into fight camp, got a good fight, um, getting a divorce. <laughs> it's, it's been a roller coaster to say the least, but in a way, 2021 was a blessing. Uh, and for me, I just, as much as raw emotion as you guys saw, you guys saw a lot of growth in me as not just a fighter, but also as a woman. So I, I enjoyed 2021, even though it was a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> What would you attribute that growth to? Because there's probably a lot of pressure on you coming off the contender series. The hopes were were quite high for you. You lost like you said, the tough one in your debut. <laughs> and you've been quite vocal about, you know, having struggles financially, trying to make this dream a reality. Not to mention the things going on in your personal life, like you just mentioned the divorce and everything. I mean, at 26 years of age, you went through about a career's worth of adversity. So like, how would you explain this growth? Can you even do that? Yeah, it, it's all about how you handle it, you know. After my debut, it was like the most embarrassing debut anyone could really have. <laughs> and uh, since that debut, you know, when you when you perform 
at the worst of the worst that you know for yourself it depends on like how you want to go from there i can either have gone home and cried about it or i could have gone home and done something about it i went home and i was like listen i cannot let the world see me as this type of person you know like when you're in the public eye you have a people are like not counting on you but like i had a lot of people thinking i was going to do well and uh for me I, I took it really tough i took it where i was like i just wanted to hide away train super hard um you know getting surgery too i had to get surgery actually about the surgery after my debut so going into the debut i said i was injured very badly injured i couldn't even do anything i couldn't train i couldn't do nothing I, all i could do is run and um i knew i needed surgery um went into the debut got embarrassed got disrespected <laughs> then after the doctor was like listen you need to get full reconstruction surgery you'll be out for at least a year of just recovery and I looked at that doctor and I was like, there is no way I am going to sit on the sidelines after getting embarrassed and ragdolled in front of millions of people. And I was like, that's just not happening. And uh, I think that was like my motivation for the rest of the year, you know, when a doctor and I went to multiple doctors, the UFC sent me to three different doctors because the first one was like, listen, all I'll do is re you need reconstruction surgery. I was like, nope, not happening. Second one, reconstruction surgery. Third one was like, okay, listen, you do need re reconstruction surgery, but we can do the minor surgery. And if it works out, then it works out. If it doesn't, then we had to do the reconstruction. Took a, took a risk with the small surgery. And honestly, it was the best decision I've ever made. Uh, I was able to go on a war path being 2-0. Uh, well, going 2-0 the last two. And uh, yeah, I would say uh, it's all about this mind. You know, mind is mind is key because honestly, everyone's good in the cage. I mean, anytime you fight someone, we're all going to be good. We're all going to be tough. Everyone's going to hit hard. Everyone wants to hurt you. But it's like a chess game in there. It's like if you can just win in your mind, you can win in reality. We, it, toughest year of your life to this point? I know it's a blessing, but overall, toughest year of your life, would you say? Because I know, I mean, in school, you're getting bullied a lot. I mean, yeah, by far. Yeah, that was little kid stuff, though. But this right. by far, yeah. By far the toughest year of my life <laughs> but you know you, you hit a point where you, all you can do is laugh about it <laughs> you know and i'm living my life and i'm super happy now like you know i got away don't know if i want to come back <laughs> but uh but yeah I, i'm happy now i mean thank goodness i am finished the year i was just super blessed i've been able to fight by the way like getting covid but right before 10 days out before my before my fight with loma I got covid and it attacked my lungs so bad couldn't breathe really and uh i was just blessed that i was able to pull myself together <laughs> and fight before the end of the year so finished off strong have you been able to to train in said mystery location yes yes oh i've been training all the time like i just don't post about it <laughs> oh, okay yeah, Fair enough. i'm training and it and it's tough <laughs> It's tough, you know, no one understands me here, but I make it work. I make it make it work. I just look at the instructors. I see what they do and I'm like, ah, yes. Okay. I got it. <laughs> you can tell me to kick rocks if you want, after I ask this question, but is there a reason why you escaped to where you're at? Like, is there, was there like a tipping point where you're like, I got to get the hell out of here. Are you allowed to talk about that? Ah, uh, I lost you. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Yes, there is a reason uh, why I picked this location. I 
don't really want to talk about why I picked this location, but I'm also traveling to other locations. I picked this location for a certain reason. I'm on the water, um, which is my favorite thing to do. Um, I love the sea. Um, I love the ocean and uh, I'm from, from Florida. So anytime there's body of water nearby, it's very peaceful for me. And uh, yeah, and where I'm at, I'm able to go to other countries and, you know, it's cheap. So, you know, spend your money wisely. But yeah, there's a reason why I picked this place, but um, I've been traveling to like nearby areas. Okay. So th this is more of an exploration thing than anything else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Back to like the fighting stuff. I, I personally thought your performance against Mallory Martin was the best of your career. I know knockouts and finishes steal the headlines for the most part, but to me, that was the one that sent the message to the division that you're coming and you can go hard for 15 minutes and you're just a tough out right now. Do you, do you feel the same way or do you feel like the finish of Glory to Paula stands out more to you? No, I didn't even like the finish of Glory to Paula because I wanted people to see me for 15 minutes. And when I fought Mallory, I went in there and I was like, I am just going to beat her up for 15 minutes and I'm going to show everyone who I am. And I felt like I showed everyone who I was and I felt like I showed everyone Cheyenne Velismus. And uh, I don't feel like that fight even gets enough credit, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, I didn't, you know, I feel like even after the fight, Mallory put her hands up as if she won and I just looked at that girl, I was like, put your hands down, girl. I'm like, you did not beat me. And I was not going home a loser that night. And I like her, so I didn't, I, you know, I didn't say it. But in my head, I was like, I was like, put them down. I was like, you did not win this fight. I was actually like so confused as to why she put her hands up. Because I knew I was like, I knew I was dumb. Like, I knew I was performing at my best. And I even went over to my coach and I was like, this girl thinks she won. Did she win? <laughs> I even asked him, I was like, did she win? I was like, no way. And I was like, you know, cause like right after a fight, your mind is so like everywhere. And he was like, no, she didn't win at all. And I was like, that's what I thought. I was like, why is she acting like this? <laughs> but he's like, don't worry about it. And I was like, all right, all right I won't. <laughs> How did you react to getting fight at night on that card? Cause there were some freaking bangers on that card, but the promotion went with you and Mallory. Were, were you surprised by that? Yeah, I was. I, you know, I was texting uh, one of my friends and I was like, as soon as uh, the fight was over, I was like, it's a potential 50K fight. It's a potential. And I think what made it a potential was obviously it was a little bit of back and forth. But when I looked at the numbers, I almost doubled her numbers in strikes. And uh, but I think me speaking helped. I think I don't I don't know because Jose Aldo I heard his was a great fight I know there wasn't many decisions that that night I know there was a lot of finishes but I know Jose Aldo being the main event I was like if he goes to a decision and it's a good fight I was like he's for sure getting it and uh when I saw that he went the distance him and um Rob Font I was like oh for sure they'll get it no doubt I was like they deserve it <laughs> they deserve it too you know next thing you know and I'm sitting down with my friends eating dinner and Next thing you know, I got a text message from some fan. I don't even know who it was. <laughs> and he was the first one to tell me, he's like, congrats, you got fight of the night. And I just, I was just like screaming. Cause I mean, I was just like crying. Cause I, I was just like, there's no way I got fight of the night. I was like, there's no way I got another 50 K bonus. And uh, it, it's, it was a blessing. And honestly, the fight before when I got the bonus that saved me. And honestly, 
this fight, the bonus saved me for a lot of reasons too. So it, you know, it, it's a blessing. I'm very grateful because I don't know how I got the bonus. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm going to guess maybe because I talked a little bit and it was a good fight. Like I know it was a good fight, but I don't know. I still can't get over because I read the comments saying that it was Jose Aldo should have gotten the fight, uh, fight of the night. But I'm not going to ask no questions because I'm grateful. <laughs> gotten enough bonuses right i mean they've gotten bonuses for decades and and yeah it was it was good i was i mean i was happy for the both of you because i'm sure mallory i'm sure that's kind of softened the blow for mallory too because that's that was a tough fight for her yeah i mean yeah uh, oh i'm i'm happy yeah i mean 2021 also right exactly and 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 for yourself as well yeah I mean, one yeah. w- one real positive thing I thought that came out of 2021 for you was you surrounded yourself with this like army of badass women at Extreme Couture, like yourself, Casey O'Neill, who was the MMA fighting rookie of the year for 2021. Obviously, you know, Misha's there and, you know, even the Serena DeJesus of the world is there and many others. There's a ton of them that are at that gym right now. That was one change you made over the last year plus, the move to Vegas full time. How much has that decision helped you not just for like obviously the change of scenery but being surrounded by some of the fellow women fighters that encompass that gym well you know when i left vegas three years ago i never really wanted to leave (laughs) you know i was heartbroken i did it made um but then when i moved back to the states i wanted to go back to extreme but unfortunately i couldn't and i had to go to texas and i had to do what i had to do but finally after when I was able to, I wasn't even really fine. I wasn't even financially able to move back to Vegas, but finally um, just got up and moved and was like, I don't care what people say. Like I'm going back to Vegas. Like that's where I need to be. Um, it was a big game changer. I would, I would say um, being back with my old coach, Dennis Davis, uh, that was very nice, but um, you know, I don't know what the future lies for me. I uh, cannot lie. I don't know what the future lies ahead of me. I don't really, I'm kind of unsure of things right now. Um, that's why I'm away. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Exe, the girls there, they're all amazing. I have nothing, nothing bad to ever say about those girls. We all push each other super hard. Um, it's, and it's a nice feeling being on the same mat with high level girls like that. You know, I don't even get to train with guys anymore, which I used to only train with guys. Like all I knew is training with guys. And when you train with high level females like that, it's completely different. It's a, it's a different body type. It's a different strength. It's like, I get to experience being in the cage with girls. I'm going to fight every single day. So it's, it's awesome. Your last things. I know I don't have a ton of, ton of time with you, but I I do. I am curious about this because for those who have been following you on Instagram, you have also started a little bit of a side hustle, but, but a good one where you're helping others become the healthiest version of themselves. And I feel like you're like, at least right now, concerned in this conversation you're like the perfect sort of mentor for that due to the like excuses that people can come up with because you've had life kick you in the ass you've come through you've won fights and you've stayed motivated and you've done the damn thing how did this come to be like you you guiding these folks to find health and some extra happiness along the way as well yeah so my friends actually run this company called built athletics and i teamed up with them and basically what we do is we coach everything online they have their own app. Everything is 24 seven. They get uh, personalized programs for them, personalized uh, training programs for them 
tips for food, like everything is designed for these people. And that is something I absolutely love because especially since quarantine and this whole COVID thing, I feel like the news and people, they don't realize, like nobody is posting about health for one, you know, everyone just says, get your vaccine, get your vaccine. You know, for me, it's like health is the most important thing in this world. And uh, I feel like people don't boost it enough, you know? And so for me to be able to help people uh, achieve their goals, that it's a nice feeling because even for me, I need a coach, you know, and every great has a coach. So to help people and be their coach, it's, it's been awesome. And anyone who's listening, if you guys want to sign up for my team, Go and check out my Instagram and check out Built Athletics uh, on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, we're it's an awesome company I'm with, and again, we're we're changing a lot of people's lives with it, and it's only growing too. And I hope I can get more clients because it's great seeing these progress photos that people send. These people sending me messages every single day, just telling me how much it's helping them, and it's nice. So I like it. Has there been like one transformation that stuck out where you're just like, holy smokes, like this is unbelievable. Yeah. So I've been with the company for since, uh, end of August. So it's been September four months now, and I'm seeing good progress photos right now. Like, um, there hasn't been one that I, I can like name, but there's been some where I look at them and I'm like, they're working hard <laughs> and there's some where you can see where they're not consistent but you can see it's slow progress and honestly any progress is good progress so as long as people are making progress i'll be happy <laughs> absolutely i don't even know if you can answer this question because everything just seems like such a mystery right now but if it were up to you when would you like to fight again like when would you want to get back in the octagon if you had your druthers and you had a say in the matter so, I mean, unfortunately, I would love to fight again uh, soon, but because of reasonings on beyond belief, um, I cannot I cannot fight and I cannot make any more money until I finalize some things in my life. And uh, I don't know when that will be. I'm trying to make it soon, but uh, again, I don't have an answer. I'm hoping by summer. I'm praying by summer. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to shoot for. And so, I mean, can you even, do, how do you even like goal set for 2022 with all this unknown? Can, can you even do it or like, just do like little things? Like, how does that work? Right now I just take it day by day that, you know, I, I don't know. I have no answers for anything. If it was me, I, I would love to fight, but unfortunately, um, I am told I cannot, I was actually not even supposed to fight my last fight. I was, I was asked not to by some high up people. They told me, please do not take this fight. Um, you know, and, uh, I told everybody, I was like, I told even, uh, like my family didn't want me to fight. Like, well, one for being sick and right. two for other reasons that I can't speak about, but, um, yeah, no, one, no one wanted me to fight at all. So the fact that I got to finish off 2021 with a fight and winning and proving to people you know what I mean? Just giving them that little, uh, like I did it and to my, more for myself. Um, it was a good feeling, but as far as 2022, you'll see me, but I, I have no answers. And honestly, it makes me want to cry how I, how I have no answers for anything. So, um, yeah, but I'll be back. I'll be back soon. I hope I'm hoping summertime. 
said, well, I'm, I'm sorry you're going through all of this right now. I mean, you did get a bonus too. So that was a nice little cherry on top. Uh, I, I guess some positivity yeah. to find with this whole thing. Yeah. So. Big cherry, big, big, big cherry. Cause I yes. don't know when I'll. Damn. I mean, I, I really feel terrible for you. I, I hope everything turns around for you. I hope we do get to see you fight in the summertime. Cause I mean, as cool as it is to travel and explore the world, like I know you want to be in that cage doing the damn thing. You're, 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 you've shown such great improvement. You want to keep that thing going. So, uh, I appreciate you sharing what you could with us. Uh, 2021 ended professionally great for you. And I hope, uh, the rest of the stuff kind of turns around for you in 2022. So thank you for being as open as you can with this whole thing. Congratulations on the big win over Mallory Martin and uh, enjoy your, your world exploration right now. You deserve some, uh, some you time for sure. Thank you. Thank you. It's been, it's been a, it's been a fun ride being away and train learning from different instructors and learning from others in the world. And uh, it's, it's been refreshing. It's been very refreshing. So thank you. Let us say hello once again to Brandon Royval. He is back inside the Octagon January 15th, the UFC's first event of 2022, taking on Rogerio Bonturin. What a fight that's going to be. Brandon, it's been a minute, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. So we were talking a little bit before we hit record about what life is like when you take a fight right around the holiday season and you're in the middle of that right now. So explain to me what, what it is like to be preparing for a fight in the middle of Christmas and new year's and all those other holidays. I have a pretty big family. So like, I'm always like running around. Uh, I always have to be like buy a bunch of Christmas presents, but I'm like last minute about everything. So I just put a lot of, I don't know. I put it on myself, but uh, just now I was in the doctors. I was in there for like two hours, two and a half hours, just waiting inside the doctors. But everybody, everybody's sick from COVID from the holidays too. Is people get together and I think, uh, you know, spread around a little bit. And uh, I just feel like uh, the doctor's office was just slammed shut today, man. It sucked. So uh, sorry about being a little bit late, but yeah, it's been a little chaotic. The holidays times is uh, also just like the food, man. There's such an emphasis on food during every holiday season. That's like. Oh man, I'm gonna have to murder Bontrain because of it. Figuratively <laughs> speaking, take take the feeding frenzy out on him or the the lack thereof. Yeah, yeah, bro. Mexican food, like I, like a Mexican family, and I'm just now chili uh, tamales for. Oh my god, damn, bro. I'm mad. <laughs> so what's so outside of that? Like, what's it? What's it? I don't want to like put this these thoughts in your head right now when you're getting ready to cut some weight in a week and a half. But like, what is a typical like Christmas dinner look like in the in the Royval family household? Um, well, it's like it's it's pretty much like a potluck. So you get like ham and crap that other people get, but like they bring a lot of like chili. Uh, we had a uh, um, chili rellanos, uh, tamales. Oh man, I was just missing it all. Beans, rice, all of the above, you know, and like. I mean, I could have some of the stuff and like, I, I ate a lot of like, just like the meats and stuff, but I don't know. I missed out on a lot too. I was pissed. And everybody's like, here, Heatho, just wait in my face. And I'm just like, I can't right now. She's like, Hey, I made your cookie. Oh, my, my auntie makes cookies. And she's like, I made your favorite cookies. And I'm like, I can't eat that at all right now, but I, oh man, I'm gonna have to hit them all up for it afterwards. <laughs> there you go. Tell, tell them to remake it. Just do a, a second Christmas dinner. Oh yeah. Second Christmas. Christmas dinner, honestly, is all I really want. There you go. I think I think that's a fair compromise right there. So I think the new year probably came at the right time for you. 
you know, you, 2021 was kind of a rough year for you. I know you, you had to deal with the surgery. You were out for quite some time. And then the loss to Pantoja after the loss to Moreno. I feel like the last time we spoke, it was right before the Moreno fight. It was on Fight Island. Like, I felt like that fight came together very quickly after the win over Kai Kara France. But I feel like 2021 couldn't end fast enough for you. Is, is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I wanted to, like, I wanted to get like a quick comeback fight. And uh, I mean, being in the, the division that we're in, McMaynard's super organized about everything. So it's a little bit further out than I ever wanted to. I wanted to end 20, uh, 2020 strong, but uh, our 2021 strong. But, you know, this is actually a good year to just make my year. And like, uh, yeah, but you're right. As soon as 2021 was over, I was like, kiss this one goodbye. 2020 was awesome. Uh, 2021, uh, definitely a lot of waiting around and a lot of, uh, a lot of just kind of growing the mind state more than anything. And then, uh, right now just kind of picking back up where I left off, you know? How so? What, what, what about the, the, the mindsets, uh, have you grown the most with like, what, what, what changes have you made? You see me fight. I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit of ball of stress. I'm a, I'm a little bit of chaotic. I'm a little bit all over the place. I, I'll, I'll give myself one thing is I'm a real, like I work really hard, but, uh, I feel like, I feel like I don't have as much focus work, you know, and I think that was just kind of the emphasis on this camp is just being focused, you know, and just not being focused in the sense of like partying and stuff going on around me, but being focused on like when I show up to the gym, I don't need to go or like on a Sunday or Saturday, I don't need to go run 12 miles or whatever it is to just ease my anxiety, like working on very specific things and little detailed things and making that a point to work on throughout the day, I think was like, a little bit of it. And I think that's how growth happens throughout me too, is like, I think I deal with like, Oh, I have a fight. I better do a million things. And it's like, no, I just got to do one thing. You know, I got to work on one thing and stay focused on that one thing. And like, it's a lot easier on my body, honestly, but it's also just like a lot easier on my mind. I'm learning a lot better. And I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And like, that's a little bit that happens in my fight too, is I'm like, Oh, I need to get busy. You know, I need to get busy. Like we're fighting. I need to go out there and be busy and I'm doing a lot more busy work than I need to do. You know, I could dial it back way more and just be a little bit more focused and land, I don't know, the better shots compared to just landing a hundred shots, you know, or just trying to land as many shots as possible. So it's weird. It, it was weird. Coach Mark, uh, I'll credit Coach Mark to this. Yeah. It was like a weird day. I was telling him, I was like, I want to work on my balance for this fight. And I, I really do. I want to work on like just being more balanced of a fighter, not just like mentally, which I do, but like, like literally balanced. And he was telling me, he's like, all right, cool. And then he had me walk around the edge of the gym I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher all what he said. Like it was like, it was like this cool like metaphoric moment. We had me walk around the edge of the gym, and uh, like the, the gym perimeter, and I'm walking around the perimeter the whole entire time. And I reach the the end, and like right when I'm reaching toward the end, I'm I'm staying kind of focused, you know. And then like I'm getting towards the end, and then I'm like we're almost there, and I'm just like rushing the end, you know, and uh, kind of falling off. And that's when I'd mess up the most, and like I'd, I'd mess up in just like little parts where I would get unfocused, but then always at the end I'd rush and he goes. He goes, yeah, he goes, you need to stay focused one step at a time, especially when we're getting close to the finish, because because uh, he, he goes, the same thing in the Pantoja fight, is you're, you're close to the end, you almost have this guy out of here, and it's like, you're rushing it to get him out of there instead of taking one step at a time, and then you mess everything, you like you're, you're dropping the ball at the very end right here. And it's like, it was, it was a weird thing. And I don't think he meant for it to be all this, this metaphorical thing, or maybe he did have this foresight and he had some Yoda mindset going into that day. But it, it was one of those weird things that he could kind of metaphorically break down like a, a physical problem that I was having and a mental problem I was having and all that stuff. And it was, it was a cool moment, but it was also just like an eye-opening moment on like, damn, like 
this has kind of been a continuous problem, not only in my, my career, but in my life, you know, it's just, I'm kind of rushing things and I don't need to rush things. I can just enjoy the moment. If you sit back and watch Adesanya fight, that guy's not worried about finishing the fight the whole entire time. You know what I'm saying? He's sitting back and just enjoying, like I have card, like I have really good cardio. And I think part of like having good cardio, I, I felt like I needed the, I needed to push it, you know, where it's like marinate a fight, fight, 20 minutes fight 15 minutes i mean fight the whole entire fight you know i don't need to go out there and rush a finish you know i i don't need to go out there and uh do all this panic busy work because i'm a skilled enough fighter that i can get the job done other in other ways you know than just making it ugly you're like you've always been and and i mean this as a compliment you've always been a (laughs) maniac in there like in the cage like and you've always like prided yourself on being a maniac like being chaotic and being like like almost like car accident-y, like you're just ready for everything. Blah, blah, blah. Like that, that's how you always fought and you always prided yourself on that. Like, what is it like? Has it been difficult to really get to this place you're at right now? I mean, it's the, the foresight that you and your coach have obviously is great. And I feel like it's come at the right time, but this just seems for you, it's just different. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's probably a little freeing for you to realize that and, and kind of focus on that. But you know, what, what has that been like to, to realize that and work on that? Has it been kind of stressful at all, like for you? It's been really stressful. I, <laughs> like, like for me, man, I'm such a busy work type of person that like, uh, I feel like, I don't know, like having focus works so like so different, but uh, yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to change what makes me great. And what makes me great is just like being in the chaos. I, I'm one of the better people in the mix of the chaos. I believe that. Uh, to the fullest and it's like I need to create chaotic moments but it's also it's like my whole fight doesn't need to be a chaotic moment I don't, my whole fight doesn't need to be me and Pantoja crashing into each other left left and right and uh and just being uh, being chaotic where it's like I can I can be a little bit more methodical than that you know and like I don't need to be much more methodical than that because what makes me great is being a psychopath you know but also it's just like have a little bit more control than that you know have a little bit of control of the moment I can make this more chaotic when I need it to be chaotic. And when it is chaotic, I'll thrive there. I, I know I'll do good there. And it's like, but also what's going to make me great is just dialing it back every once in a while. I'm like, okay, let's pick, let's pick, let's pick. Okay. Chaos, pick, pick, pick chaos. Okay. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know, just being well-rounded all together. And yeah, it, it's, it's hard for me. It's hard for me. And like, I feel like I'm a little bit of a vengeful person. So it's like, as soon as I get punched in the face, I'm like, Oh, you son of a bitch. And it's like, it's go time, you know? So changing that mind state and like I actually have really good corners that are like cornering me too is like yesterday yesterday I got punched and I, was, I started to walk someone down and like are we being smart right now are we being smart right now and I'm like oh yeah good call good call like I should dial it back and just think methodically you know it's like I don't need to give up uh, a round or do something crazy because I got hit one time or whatever it is you know so just trying to be better all around you know and, and like it's so funny how fighting translates and like this is I think something that's always resonated with me is just how fighting translates to life you know and it's like slowing everything down in life and just being more focused on a daily basis on what i need to do on a a specific goal and you know that'll help me be a better man in the long run and life after fighting right mark Montoya told you like if mark Montoya called you tonight and said brandon here's the lesson for tomorrow do nothing like sit around and do nothing and just like relax and just keep your mind free like stay at home just chill out could you do that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I could do that. Like, I don't know, man. That that'd be hard. But for a, for a coach, Mark, like, I'm trained to run through walls no matter what. You know, whatever he says is word. You know, so 
Yeah, I, I would do that. I, I would assume that he he sees something that I have probably had a messed up practice today, and he's like, "This guy needs to chill a little bit." And uh, yeah, so yeah, I would do that for sure, and just try to. But I would definitely not just do nothing. You know, I wouldn't. I would be watching fights and doing a bunch of shit. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I I do it. I do it. Yes, I do it. I think you would try. I think you would do the best you could. I think you would just. Yeah. I think you'd pace around a lot. I think you would watch <laughs> fights and just walk around the room like that. Thing, yeah, that's but, how you would do it. Yeah, yeah, I like I like to think I'm a soldier. I just take I just take commands, you know. But who knows? <laughs> it's tough, man. So who's gonna be corn? Like obviously Mark's gonna be there. Uh, who who else gonna be? There? Is Yusuf gonna be in your corner screaming so everybody can hear? No, no. But I need to bring Yusuf one of these days. I'm bringing one of my one of my main training partners, Clay Matza. And uh, I, you know, it's, I think I talk to you about like pretty much every time we do a do a thing is just he's my main training partner as far as like he gives me a great look, man. He's been Bontarine. He's been Pantoja. He was doing the Moreno, like the whole entire look, you know what I'm saying? You know how he does that when he fights? He's like, yeah, he was doing the whole entire thing, man. It was great. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he, he just, uh, he does a great, like not only a great, like uh, he's just a great uh, IQ wise, but impersonation wise, good look wise, all that stuff. He knows the game plan uh, from A to B to C, you know, so it's perfect, man. And then I have a boxing coach coming out, me, out with me named Kenny Hale. I'm working with the boxing coach this camp, so we'll, we'll see how that goes, man. See if I can show show off the, the best boxer in the UFC. <laughs> no, Look at kidding. this. Look at all these changes you're making. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just something I've always wanted to do too. Is I want to work with specialists. You know, I want to work with like a specialist jujitsu person, and I got to do a lot of that this camp too. Is just work with like a real class jujitsu guy and. uh, that was cool. And then uh, work with world-class boxing person. And just, you know, now that I have like a chance to be an MMA fighter, I can do it to the fullest, you know, and uh, geek out over this stuff. So it's been awesome. I was just going to say, because it, it was such a big deal when you made your UFC debut and you put in your notice, like it was, that was such a big story. Right. And yeah. I feel like sometimes it's just like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, but do it more than I was doing it before, like spend more time doing it. But it's almost like, and, and I know you're not alone on this. Some fighters just kind of take that for granted, like not meaning to, but you just do more of what you were doing. But now you're realizing like, listen, I'm, I'm a full-time fighter. I could work with a jujitsu specialist. I could work with a boxing specialist. I could work with a kickboxing specialist. You could yeah. integrate into so many different ways. So, I mean, how, how has that been heading into this camp? Like knowing that now knowing that, you know, you don't have to take this for granted anymore. You can do whatever the hell you want, essentially, because you could be yeah. a fighter all the time. Yeah, man. And that was like, like my number one goal. My number one dream is just to train full time. And that's what I wanted to. I was like, I want to train some world-class black belts. I want to train some like boxing people. I want to train, I want to go do some kickboxing with some amazing people, you know, all, all of that. But, but yeah, man, it's just like, it really is just a dream come true, man. And that's exactly what I was thinking too. And it, and it, what you were saying, it's exactly what I was doing. Is I just got really busy. I was like, oh my God, I got this extra time. I better just shadow box more. I better run more. I better put in more miles and all that. And it's like, that's not what I need to be doing. I need to gain skill. I need to gain knowledge. You know, I need to gain all this. And it's like, uh, sure, sure. I'm, I'm young enough where I can crash my body, but it's like, I don't necessarily need to. And I think that's been a good lesson learned from some of these, some of these greats out here, Max Holloway, uh, Usman, all that stuff, where it's like, they're, they're gaining this knowledge without completely obliterating their body, you know? And, uh, I feel like I'm one of those people who are like, let's go hundred miles an hour. I'll do, you know, whatever. And then it's just like, I'll crash my body, but it's like, okay, I got a hundred different reps of a hundred different things, you know? And it's like, that was dumb. You know, it was, it was pointless of a day, you know? So, uh, yeah, yeah, man. It's just all around just taking this whole entire life for granted too, or not taking this life for granted. I mean, when people ask me about 
memorable conversations I've had in my career. Obviously, there's there, there's some of the bigger names that come up, but I always go back to something you and I talked about. How I asked you what you felt heading into certain fights. It might have been before the debut or maybe after the debut against Tim Elliott, and you said something like, I, "Right before you're about to walk out, I hate this effing sport. I hate it." And it's like you have all this anxiety that kind of ru- like just runs through you before you actually get into the cage. So I'm curious, you, you before the Kai Car France fight, you felt like you told me that you felt like it got a little bit better. It wasn't as bad as it was maybe heading into the other fight. What was that like before the Moreno fight and before the Pantoja fight? Like, what were the feelings like when you were getting ready to walk? Uh, I felt like before the, before the Moreno fight, I felt like there was no pressure. You know, the Moreno was nice. Cause I was like, I'm coming in here last minute. I'm fighting the number one contender. I don't think anybody thinks I'm going to win this fight. Um, I knew, I knew, and maybe you knew I, I wasn't really able to train for that camp. So it was just like, fuck man, I've gotten this far without training in this UFC. So it's like, let's see what the fuck happens, you know? And it's like, uh, I don't know. It was more of just like, all right, let's see what happens. With the Pantoja fight, I think the Pantoja fight was like almost clearly the opposite of like, I think I went in there, I went in there pretty calm, but I went, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself and I put a lot of pressure on myself for that fight. And it was like, I worked my ass off for that camp. And like, I did a lot to get better at that camp. And it was like, oh man, it disappoints me to this day thinking about it, but it's just like, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know. For that fight, I just felt like maybe just like one of those, like, fuck, man, I hate this. Like, this is one of those crazy moments that I'm like, I'm not, and then Pantoja's like, you know, you're going to like, it's going to be same, a little bit of the same with Bontarine. I think Bontarine's a little more calm, but I knew Pantoja was going to be a ball of chaos the first two minutes or two rounds, at least, you know, where he's coming at me a hundred percent, throwing nothing but bombs and just, uh, you know, you know, I just knew I was in for a fight and it's like, once you have that going through your head, you know, like, like when I fight these wrestlers, when I fight some dude, I know is going to try to grab me this whole fight. I'm like, good luck. I'm, I'm the dangerous one here. You know, like good luck trying to negate my game plan and running into knees, elbows, chokes. I'm trying to break your arm, all the above. And it's like, good luck. But it's like, when I have another killer across that arena and I'm looking at him, I'm like, this is going to be fucking crazy, you know? And it's like, and then I know my game plan too, especially at that time was like, I want to get fight of the night. You know, I wanted to get fight of the night. I wanted to get bonuses. And I like that specifically was on my mind for that fight too. So I knew what I was about to do. I knew what I'm pretty sure what Pantoja was about to do. So it was like entering that moment was just like, fuck. And then also knowing it's gonna be a title contender fight was also scary too. And it was just a lot of pressure. And I felt like it was one of those moments where I, like I like it and I like going into those fights and I like going, I like having these moments in my, like in my head and in my, I like battling these moments in my mind, but it's like, fuck man, that's a lot, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> what are the feelings like so close to this fight? Do you feel like there's because of the two losses that there's extra pressure on you? Is that something you thrive on at this point? Like how are you feeling mentally about it now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, it's just going in there and proving to myself, man, I work hard. I love this sport. I put fucking my whole entire heart into the sport. And it's just like, for me, it's like, I know what I earned. I know what I deserve. I know where I stand in this division. I think I'm one of the best in this division. And I even think like looking back at that Pantoja fight, I'm like, I think I'm more of the skilled fighter. I just think I, I made some dumb mistakes that, uh, that it's like, if I don't fix now, then, then it's going to continue happening, you know? So, I mean, uh, I, I don't feel like backed up against law really no and it's like I, I don't give a shit man i really don't give a shit it's just like i've always been happy i've always lived a good life you know i was happy when i was fucking working overnights training full-time and stuff too it's like if this is my last mma fight or whatever it is it's like 
who gives a fuck, man? Like this is the next month of my life. The next chapter of my life could be fucking dope too, you know? So I don't know. I, I never, I haven't really thought about it like that much pressure wise. I just want to go in there and steamroll Bontarine and just kind of show like where I stand in that division too. But it's just like, I don't know. I, I don't really feel that pressure at all, I guess. No. I, I like how you said you're doing this for yourself. Cause I feel like, yeah, you do always did it for yourself, but I feel mm -hmm. like the proving to yourself is different this time around. You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. just, it, it, the chaos it's more of like the controlled chaos like if if Bondurian comes after you chaotically you're ready for that but you're not ready to start crashing cars into him and that's fine like whatever happens yeah. this fight i feel like mentally oh i lost for a second sorry I, I, I just think yeah it's it's silly but i feel like i feel like your approach to this fight is different than maybe even like the last four or five fights yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I don't think I've, uh, I don't know, probably most of my fights. Uh, but I feel like somewhere in my head, I got along the lines of just like, I could break people with just cardio, you know? And it's like, and it works. Like, it does work, you know? But it's like, that doesn't necessarily need to be how I fight, you know? I go back and watch some of my old fights, and I'm just countering people and being smart and then finding the kill, you know? And it's like, I think I had in my head, it's like, I just want to be a killer. I want to get this finish rate. I want to have the highest finish rate in the UFC. I want to have all that. And it's like... How do you do that besides diving head first into him? It's like, I don't need to be that, you know, I don't need to do that. I just need to go show what I worked on and show that I put a lot of fucking love and work into this martial arts sport. And it's like, I want to show everybody. I don't want to show everybody I'm a fucking brawler. You know, I like that part about me. I do like that part about me, but it's like, I also want to show you guys like I'm, I'm a fucking a full on MMA fighter. You know, I look at, look at Sean O'Malley, like uh, his contender yeah. series fight. I watched the other day. He's a madman. He just goes in there. It's chaos. He's getting hit. He's, He's, he's yeah. hitting back. It's, it's a freaking firefight until he actually gets the finish. But now you see like his last few fights, he just stays at range. He picks his shots. And even when he has a guy hurt, he's not rushing into anything. He just picks, yeah. he knows when the time's right, lands the big shot and the fight's over. So, I mean, it, it's a good lesson to learn. Like other fighters have learned that lesson along the way too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great person to, uh, to, to point out specifically because like, He's so smart now, just methodically picking people apart, just staying at range. He was probably the main person I've watched as far as this camp, just over and over again. I'm just taking notes and taking stuff away from him because that kid's so sophisticated, you know, and uh, what he does is all methodical and it's just great. It's great to watch that. And there, and I like how you're saying this, you're not putting a lot of pressure on yourself because I feel like if there's one division where you can lose two, three, even four in a row and bounce back quickly outside of maybe the heavyweight division. It's this division. It's 125. Yeah. I mean, look at the last time, but like what has happened transpired from our last conversation, Brandon Moreno, who was not in the UFC like three years ago is the freaking champion of the world getting ready to fight Davis Figueredo again. Kai Kaur France, who you had a just ball of fire fight with lot. I mean, was, was, was slumping. Then he goes out, gets two finishes in a row, had no finishes in the UFC. Two finishes in a row, just knocks out Cody Garbrandt. So I feel like things can flow and change very quickly. Yeah, my career. Think about my career. It's just yeah. I, I was in top five quick, quick, man. So it's just like, yeah, this you're right. And like, that's why I don't feel pressure. And I know, I know the bottom of the division is not even close to what the guys are on facing right now too is like I, there's there's some good guys and i think there's some good guys coming up and there will be some like real threats out there but i also know some of the bottom of the division i'm like okay well it's like i could wipe these dudes out you know it's like that's no issue at all and it's like but i'm not fighting them i'm fighting top five so it's like enjoy this now but also just know that know your worth know that i belong to the ufc and all that shit and so it's like i, I don't i don't really put that like comparison because i know no matter what i belong in the ufc i know my skills belong here and i know I think I'm one of the most, not only do I think I'm the best 
flyweight, but I think I'm one of the most exciting fighters in the UFC in general, man. And it's like the show that I put on and all that stuff is like, I think, I think I put on performances and stuff. And that's really what I want to focus on this Bontrain fight is just thinking this fight as an absolute performance. You know, I don't want to think of it as an actual fight. I want to think of it as like performance and a, a chance to go display something that I've been working on for uh, for a long time now, four or five months work for this fight. And it's like, I work specific stuff for Bontrain. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I want this to be a performance. I want this to be like artistic. You know, I want it to be a Sean O'Malley performance, man. Sean O'Malley puts on a performance and it's artistic. You know, it's beautiful almost, you know? So I want some of that. So how do you, when you envision this fight playing out, how does it play out? Is this a fit? Do you even think about it? Like, like how you're going to finish the fight or anything like that? Or it's just, I'm going in there. I'm going to do my thing. Hands getting raised. That's all I see right now. I, I think about it all day, man. I think about a million. <laughs> and that's all I think about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could finish this guy any, a million different ways, man, a million different ways. I see this fight playing out a million different ways for sure. And it's, and it kind of just plays out on how he comes, you know, if he's coming out super aggressive, then he's going to melt himself. You know, I'm going to whoop his ass quick, quick then, you know, but it's like, I want to pick him apart. I want to be smarter and I want to gain a little bit of knowledge. I want to gain time. In, I want to gain time in the UFC uh, octagon a little bit too, is just gain some knowledge. I want these thoughts to go through my head. I want to listen to my corner and I want to marinate and change game plans and all the above, you know, I want to show maturity and I want to gain maturity in there too. Is I want to be a fighter that grows while I'm fighting, you know? Could we see Brandon Royval get to a third round in a UFC fight? Yeah. Yeah, I get to the third round and I'm knocking the fuck out, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I just thought about that. I'm like, I don't think he's even seen, I don't think he's seen a third round. Yeah, I've never won. Since the Kenny fight, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Any fight I've ever went to a third round and I've never won. So, uh, who's the LFA champion? Um, Charles Johnson. Yeah, I beat him in a decision. That's the only person I went to decision with and won. So, it's like, yeah. Third round, if it goes third round, I'm going for a fucking finish for sure. I'm doing everything, so. I don't want to, I don't vision, but I just, you know, I just want to fill out a fight a little bit. I don't want to try to finish the fight in the first 10 seconds, you know? <laughs> I, I don't know if I've been more fascinated with one of your fights than this one after having this conversation. I can't, I'm very yeah, intrigued yeah. by, by how you approach this fight. Cause yeah, I'm yeah, me too. a very technical Brandon Royval, like, like a, an O'Malley-esque version of yourself. Like that's a, that's a bad man. That's a dangerous yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm very capable of doing shit like that. It's just that it's like, bro, I get in the, the bell goes off and then I'm like, all right, go, motherfucker. Two seconds <laughs> go by. I have not done anything at all this fight. And then, uh, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, we'll see if I can manage that. And it'll be interesting, man. I think I think that's all going to come with a little bit of time. I, me finishing these fights and all that stuff is good, but it's like, I need a little bit more time to, to gain. And like these guys, these top 10 fighters have had that, you know? And it's like, I haven't though, you know? Is it almost good that this fight's at the apex? So then, I mean, there's going to be people in there, obviously, like a hundred or so. But you get to hear your coaches. So if you get a little, if you get a little crazy, you can hear them be like, "Yo, yo, yo, is this uh, no. is this smart? Or do you is that is that something you're happy about?" Or I need to fight in front of a crowd because uh, the the way that I'm going, the way that I'm planning on going is I'm going to be fighting in a goddamn championship the first time walking out in front of a crowd. You know what I'm saying? And that's not going to be good. It's like, I want that experience. I want to walk out in front of a crowd as soon as possible. And like, if I go out there and steamroll Bontarine, I think it'd be rightful, rightfully so that I would earn the loser of the title fight, right? It's like the the Moreno versus um, Figueredo, whoever loses that fight, I think that would be the next fight to make, in my opinion. And that should be in front of a crowd. And after that, after I whoop their ass, then I'll go fight for the belt in front of a crowd. And, you know, we'll get used to it, you know, we'll get used to it. But it's like, 
switching from the apex and then fighting in front of a crowd, I think it's going to be a huge difference, especially for the last two years. It's like, I've never walked in front of a crowd. And at this point, uh, I'm fighting top five in the world. So it's getting wild. <laughs> you think, getting real. Do you think if Figgy wins that they'll do it again, have a fourth fight? Fuck, I, uh, probably not, man. That's two to one, right? Like, no, it's one but, to one. Oh, is it one to one? One, or, one to one. If Figgy, wins, if Figgy wins, it'd be two to one, right? So no, then, so, well, I mean, depending on how you personally looked at it, but it was a draw, the first fight. Oh, yeah. I always forget it was a draw, huh? Oh, I just count, I count Figgy as winning, right? Because there's a draw because the nut shot. And yeah, I always just count that as a Figgy win. Damn. Um, I hope not, but who cares, man? I need to go win a fight anyways. Uh, so I, I, I'm not, it doesn't matter to me anyways. Uh, it matters for probably the winner of that Kai Car France fight and uh, and uh, whatever his name is, Asker Askarov. Yeah, so I, I'm sure that'll that'll be more important to them. And I got to go win the next fight after that. So I think I got two more wins before we can start talking title shot. Yeah. In terms of 2022 as a whole, what what kind of goals have you sort of set for yourself? Like I know you don't want to look beyond January 15th, but is there three fights? Get into the top five again, or like what's what would ultimately make 2022 a success for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think just breaking that top three, man, that'd be great. If I can break, break in that top three and then earn a title shot. is So by the end of 2022, I want a title shot. I want someone to are like my are like just winning a title, a title contention fighter. One of those two, you know. Um, I prefer a title shot, but, you know, it's not a perfect world. Uh, so we'll see. And uh, as far as it goes to, more maturity as a man, just more maturity as like, not only a man, like as a fighter, but like as a, as a man there too, and just taking these little life lessons as fighting and these little life lessons as, as life and just kind of mixing them between each other, you know, and just growing all together. So I think 2022 is just a year of growth for me. Uh, and for me, it's just like a lot of focus. I think it's a lot of proper focus, I guess. And it's really what I need. Fernandez still hanging out at uh, factory X. Yeah, yeah, me and him are sitting out, out out front of Factory X. We're talking about it because it's like super cold in Colorado, and like even like it's sunny, like it'll be sunny, but it's still freezing outside. It's like we have not been outside sun or outside in general in days. It's just like as soon as you go outside, you're just looking to get inside right off the bat, you know, because it's just cold. So uh, me and him are sitting outside uh, while it's freezing outside today, outside the gym, just hanging out. Uh, doing nothing, but I don't know. He's so interesting, man. That kid is, I'm so glad that he's a part of our team. Cause he, every time he talks, it's just, we all just shut up and listen, you know? So it's cool to have him around. Yes. He's a, uh, he's a very interesting cat. No doubt about that. So uh, I appreciate the time. It's always good catching up with you. I feel like it's almost like an episode of the Joe Rogan experience. When you and I talk, we dive into all <laughs> these different things about the, the mental. Cause I, I feel like you bring out the fascinate, like the, the intrigue and like, the mental stability of a fighter better than anybody that I could talk to. Like, I feel like you're so open and honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm mean, like today, but that's a cool thing about to have, like to have Alex around. It's, he's another person that's very vocal about his thoughts and stuff. And like, at least me and him, we spend a lot of time together. So we bounce them around each other. And it's like, I don't know, man, balancing these thoughts. And like, sometimes it's just so weird. Like, it's just such a weird, like, I don't know. So I'm glad to have you to bounce off too. See, yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'm the nice third. I'm the media therapist here, whatever, whatever I can say.
<laughs> well, it's always great to catch up with you. Excited to see this fight with Rogeria Bontarin, especially with everything you've told me about the preparation and trying to kind of slow things down and the, the artistry that is Brandon Royval. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, Happy New Year, my man. And hopefully you, you get a victory and you can enjoy an actual Christmas dinner on January 16th. Great up. Uh, thank you, EAP Glass, my sponsors, man. They made life easy for me, man. The last couple of years have been great. So I can appreciate EAP Glass, the best glass store in Denver. Thank you. Always great catching up with Brennan Royval, the Raw Dog. I know that's AK's favorite nickname in MMA, my best friend, but what an opportunity he has to get back on track. And I don't know if I've ever been more interested. I mean, Brandon Royval is must-watch TV if you're a fight fan, but seeing him try to calm down the chaos is going to be really, really interesting. I can't wait to see it. I really can't wait to see it coming up next Saturday, January 15th. Of course, that card is headlined by Calvin Cater taking on Giga Chikadze. Big fight at 145 pounds. Calvin Cater looking to get back on track. Giga Chikadze could earn himself a title shot if he is victorious over Calvin Cater. That's going to be a really good fight. And then big thank you to Cheyenne Velizmas. To, to, I have no idea what 2022 is going to look like. And... I probably know about as much as she does right now. It's just a crazy story. When this is all able to come out, I, I don't even I don't even know if I want to know what's happening. But I mean it's just it's just wild stuff. This, this world is crazy. She's basically had to like disappear. Leave the country and no one knows where she's at. It's it, life just shouldn't be that way, so. Hopefully everything can turn out better for her. Hopefully we can see her back in the States. Everything's cool. And hopefully we can see her back doing what she loves to do. That is competing inside the Octagon. So that's it. Thank you for checking out the program. we got a lot going on in the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network now that the holiday season is behind us. If you missed it, the first ranking show of the year is on the network. What a conversation that was had between Sean Shadi and A.K. Lee and then myself and Jed Mishu jumped in uh, to give some rankings predictions, talk about some big names that are no longer in the rankings and discuss whether or not they could find themselves back in the MMA fighting rankings. So really good stuff. The Between the Links finale, which has a little bit of a curveball thrown in, going live 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, Jed Mishu taking on A.K. Lee. Not Phoenix Carnavali, but AK Lee. And a lot of people felt that AK beat Phoenix in the semifinals. She got the nod. But unfortunately, the schedule is just a little too crazy for her right now. So AK Lee is going to have the chance to play Daniel Cormier as the alternate and become a champion. I mean, this is the stuff that sports dreams are made of right here. So very excited for that. And next week, back at it with preview shows and post-fight shows and all sorts of craziness. So get excited, MMA fans. But until then, everybody, thank you for checking out the show once again. I am Mike Heck. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you back here next week on... Oh, yeah, by the way, I forgot. I teased this at the beginning. Big Tune is going to be on the show next week. Ben Parrish, back in the Bellator cage, January 29th. We'll also talk to Saeed Yacoub Kakramanov, who's getting ready to fight Brian Kelleher next Saturday as well. So... The return of Big Tuna on the show. But that's next week. We'll see you then on We Got Next.
With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.